Welcome back to the Beyond the Field podcast. My name is Esna Siwa. I'm here with my co-host Kane Wallstrom, who once again is going to do the expert comments today. How are you, mate? Am I in the hot seat, Ms. Siwa? You are in the hot seat again. Good man. So, following on from the last episode around prime versus non-prime lending, I think one question we get a lot from all the listeners is, where do banks get their funding to give out mortgages to their customers? Where does the line of credit come from? Interesting, yes. Um, I think the stats recently show 86% um, of all lending comes through um, the four main banks here in New Zealand. So obviously there's quite a lot of that. Where the actual funds come from is from um, the clientele or or the investors per se. So let's say I bank with ANZ, for example, and I have $100,000 locked in a term deposit with them for two years at 2%. They then use that money of a hundred thousand as a mortgage for a, uh, for a, for a borrower, um, and they'll lend that money out at say at the going rate of three point three nine percent. So they're creating a margin of one point three nine percent, and what I'm getting as an investor as it going out to a borrower. So to all the listeners that may be asking, I'm putting hundred grand down on a term deposit. It's not just going to sit there. This bank is using this money to send wherever they need to to make their profits. Absolutely, and that's why with term deposits, you obviously get um, the terms or the lengths that you lock them in for because then that bank knows how long that money can be borrowed out for. And that's why if you break early, I'm guessing there'll be break fees. Absolutely, so if you're a borrower and you're breaking a fixed rate early, there's always gonna be a cost involved because it comes back onto the bank and their margins. So we know that that's where the line of credit for the banks come from. What about, say, second-tier lenders or non-prime banks? Where do they get their funding to loan out? Yeah, so they're getting their funding a majority of the time from the banks themselves. So they're actually getting a line of credit uh, that sits in behind. So for this, for this purpose, I'm uh, a financial institution, a second-tier lender, um, and I might be backed by ANZ, for example, and they're giving me um, X amount of money at say 5%. And so then as a second tier lender, I'm then borrowing that out to my clients at 8%. So I'm actually creating that 3% margin. So that's always why um, second tier lenders are a bit more expensive because they're not getting money for so cheap, but also too, there's a higher risk in there. So there needs to be a bit more of a, uh, I suppose, a, a higher rate that goes with that. Touching on also too, the banks uh, side, you've obviously got deposit takers, which is um, where you're uh, borrowing money out, but also to our banks, if they are getting shorter capital or diversify, they will borrow money offshore um, and lock in that rate at, at a certain rate um, and then lend that money out. So we do have the option to go through deposits or from offshore, and there's some other avenues, but they're the, they're the main overviews. And then also too, on the second tier lending side, you can invest in a financial company with a guaranteed return or a return of X, and then they lend that money out as Y. So that's also how they're getting it. Are there any second tier or non-prime banks that are privately backed by wealthy businessmen that have put their own funds down to then lend out? Um, I think initially, yeah, a lot of the time they have been started that way um, with a few million going up to sort of 20, 30 million, 40 million. But then they get to a point where they want to grow the business astronomically, so they'll look for lines of uh, credit incident behind the scenes or warehouse funding or securitization to actually um, quadruple that loan amount that they've been able to do in the past. And going back to the banks, they 
this must be a big pool of money that they can delve into because at any given time there must be mortgages going out around New Zealand from these banks in astronomical numbers. Yeah, there's, there's huge amounts. I mean, the, the banks, uh, as you see in the news, they're, they're turning huge billion dollar profits every year. Um, so there's a lot of capital floating around, but as part of the new requirements, the actual capital that they need to have in reserves has been uplifted, which we all thought would be pushed on to rates. Uh, as of today, it hasn't been. Uh, this may change in the future. And this is all down to the Australian Royal Commission um, investigation and the um, now new rules around the banks in New Zealand and just governing it correctly and quite in a strict I way? I think so. I mean, GFC played a big part um, around stuff. We saw a lot of finance companies in New Zealand fall over, a famous one around um, Hanover. So there's a lot of regulation that's been put in place trying to um, circumvent that or stop that uh, and also to for any losses not to be passed on to, um, I suppose, investors per se. Cool. So um, any last comments, expert comments on um, the banks and no, clients' credit? I think it's real simple. Like I said, banks get money from their own clients, being uh, investors through savings or term deposits or offshore, and then second-tier lenders um, get it through investors or actually through the banks themselves, and that's why their rates are a little bit higher. Cool. So to all the listeners out there, thanks, Kane Walshman, for once again, expert comments coming from the hot seat. Uh, if you want to listen to us, stay tuned and tune into the Apple podcast and Spotify where you can find the Beyond the Field podcast. Otherwise, follow us on all social media platforms. Have a great day.